0: Drawing from his 28-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matter. New focus on wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for new focus on wealth, Chad Burton.
1: Let's talk test of retirement readiness. I'm Rob Black. Joining me today will be CFP Chad Burton. Instead of doing the normal, what's going on in the market and what's going on in the economy, ideas, hints, tips, and tricks for getting to retirement, today we're going to be talking about the seven tests of retirement readiness. This is in preparation. This is in promotion of an event coming up August 24th at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, California. It's a Thursday evening, 630 to 830 event. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. This will give you a kind of a flavor for what CFP Chad Burton will be talking about. CFP Chad Burton has been working with me for 20 plus years. It's a long time in the financial media industry. He is the best financial planner I have run into with his knowledge and his ability to explain very complex financial planning concepts. He's also a regional director with EP Wealth. I too am with EP Wealth. Chad, welcome into the show. Let's talk seven tests of retirement readiness. Yeah, let's do it. First and foremost, before we get into your content content, why seven tests of ready retirement readiness. I, I I guess I get the concept from me because I'm closing in on that age where I should be. Am I ready or not? But this is a new topic for you. What motivated it?
2: Uh, well, no, I mean, I've had this for a while. Um, I try to do a podcast on it about once a year and update okay. it. Um, and every time I do, one of the things that I point out is, well, first of all, if we if we think about what's going on this year and the labor market and how well it's held up despite an increase in interest rates. Part of it is because there's 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every day. So there's a lot of people retiring right now. And there is a lot of bad advice out there. So when we're talking about these tests, first, you have to realize that you should be getting unbiased advice. You should be working with a fee only certified financial planner practitioner, um, not somebody that sells insurance and annuities, because you're going to get, man, Rob, I can't tell you how many times a year we end up meeting with people that had worked with somebody that sold annuities and loaded products. And they went in for advice on retirement and the the person said, oh, yeah, yeah, you can, you're go ahead and retire. You're ready to retire. And it's because they wanted to roll over this huge 401k. Maybe it was a million dollars and they're going to make a $50,000 commission on an annuity. And so that person wants that commission. They want that rollover. So they tell people they're ready to retire when they really aren't. So that is one important thing that I want to put out there. I mean, the SEC, Department of Labor, they're all passing regulations on 401k rollovers, because that's where most of our assets are,
1: right? For many Americans, that is very true.
2: Yeah. For most so it's a, it's, Yeah. So we're going to assume that, you know, people know that they should get unbiased advice. And that is a person that will put in writing that they will act as a fiduciary, put your best interest first. Um, it also assumes that you've kept a detailed list of expenses. Now, this is one of the hardest parts, Rob, because... As, as we're you know earning money let's say we're, you're at the peak of your career and kids are getting off to college um, and you know that you're saving you know 15 20 percent of pay and you know that you have more money left over at the end of the month if you're um, truly lucky to be in that position so a lot of people don't fully track their expenses they kind of have a basic idea well getting close to retirement within 10 years it's time to get a detailed list of expenses so it, it also assumes that you've you've done that um, now The financial advisor can then put in those expenses, things that you might not be thinking about, like how is healthcare going to work, especially if you're retired at 60, what happens between 60 and 65 when you get on Medicare, um, based on what your income is, there might be Irma costs, which is when you pay more for Medicare part B, but you have to think of other things too. Like, do you have a remodel cost coming up on your home? Do you have extra vacation plans? Um, so, you know, everybody's got kind of a certain amount of travel that they'll have in their plan every year, but maybe there's an extra twenty, thirty, forty thousand $40,000 a year for the first 10 years in, in retirement that you got a model in there. How many maybe. grandkids do you have? Do you have gifts? Things like that.
1: Maybe it'd be more than that on the vacation plans because cost inflation tra- travel this year has been very expensive.
2: Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> in terms of the last couple of years, when you're looking at the long-term projections, that's one of the costs that I've had to really being increased um, because people are back to traveling again and especially international flights have gotten very expensive.
1: It's interesting. Um, you and I are different areas of our lives because you were just talking about gifts for grandchildren and you had kids younger than I did and I had kids older than you did and I don't have to think about that for hopefully 15 more years where you may be like 5 to 10 out.
2: Uh, um, God, I, I, I've tried to make my kids promise don't get married until you're you know 35. <laughs> so uh because throughout my career what i've seen is that um people that get married really really young the the typical age of the first divorce is 35 40 years old that goes into the estate planning and some of the other things that we give advice on um so yeah don't don't rush me into being grandpa chad
1: i'm looking forward to the day because you're gonna get a, a big fat email from me when it happens um and it it won't be a funny meme it'll be a mean meme um <laughs> so you you brought up some of the things that you unbiased advice i get that i'm working with the cfp cfp brad he's in your office healthcare erm i get that remodeling i get that vacation plan i get that a little more expensive cuz i like concerts and concert tickets with taylor swift are through the roof this year the one that's killing me is the detailed list of expenses chad because i still feel like life is way too fluid um I have houses that aren't paid for. I've got a house that will get paid for probably in the next three years. How much of a target do I have to get that tightened versus it's all loosey-goosey right now?
2: Uh, it's a work in progress for most people. So okay. um, you, you can kind of get a basic idea of it for, let's say you're 10 years out from retirement. And you you don't have your detailed list of expenses, but you know what your take-home pay is. And you know that's supporting your current lifestyle. Um, you can start to use at least a a basic lump sum number if you're more than 10 years out and slowly refine it over time. Okay. But you have to break it down because when we're doing the first test, which is the linear cash flow test, we have to get really detailed in terms of what are your property taxes? What What are the different things that affect your tax return and your tax bill every single year? so we do have to break certain things out and you talked about mortgages right we 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 project that out in a linear cash flow model where you're essentially looking at a spreadsheet you know here's all your income sources distributions from your portfolios everything else well your mortgage is going to be paid off at a certain point in time Uh, is that 10 years out 15 years out 20 years out and so that is also projected into the plan um so, it it is definitely a, a work in progress. And we try to kind of send out a sheet, you know, before we update financial plans. Hey, take a look at this. This is what we have in your plan. Has there been any major changes? It's
1: an interesting to note because a couple of years ago on that property that's almost paid for, it's an investment property in North Carolina. I might have done a home equity line of credit on it at CFP's recommendation, but with higher interest rates, I might not. So, just in two years, there's a big change on what potential cash flow I could use out of that. But what are the seven tests, Chad?
2: So we have the linear cash flow test. Um, we have the test for market corrections, which is essentially a risk tolerance test. Okay. We've got a tax test, which is the best way to deal with the different types of accounts that you have. Uh, you got, you know, four hundred and one k. Never been taxed. Roth tax free. Cash no tax. Selling stocks, tax uh, capital gains. So there's there's all sorts of ways to blend income. Um, you have a safe money or a market correction test. Um, so that's that's how do you get through those rough periods that we go through every you know seven years or so. We have a Monte Carlo simulation, which randomizes the order of stock market returns to see what your uh, success rate can be on your scenarios long-term care test, which says, okay, if you and your spouse go into a nursing home at 80 for five years, Mm -hmm. does the survivor have enough? And then what are you going to do in retirement? You're kind of like your life plan test, Rob, and that's almost the most important one.
3: Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors, Thursday, August 24th in Los Gatos. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Thursday, August 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Los Gatos Toll House Hotel. Space is limited, so sign up today at ChadBurton.com. That's ChadBurton.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at chadburton.com.
1: So CFP Chad Burton is with me, and today he's playing the part of Professor Burton. He's also a doctor in Is Your Retirement Readiness Prescription Going to Get the A-OK? I'm being a little bit corny because he's got a new event planned for August 24th at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, California, The Seven Tests of Retirement Readiness. And I believe I'm gonna sit in on this one the whole time and see if I can check mark linear cash flow check mark text test for market correction all the tests that he's put together i'm gonna to see if I get a seven out of seven because I'm starting to get towards that age of retirement the assets towards that uh goal per se and it's gonna be a fun event i'm I'm very much so looking forward to it Chad what's involved in that first test the linear cash flow test
2: so this is uh, the, the test that gives you a, a kind of a uh, benchmark, right? Is, is this playing going to work? The the issue with a linear cash flow test is that, first of all, we have to assume a certain rate of return. So we use a conservative rate of return on the portfolio based on whatever mix the person currently has. And then also, what is the mix that we advise them to be in? You know, is it uh, 65, 35, is it a 60 40 kind of a stock bond mix, different real estate, things like that? So nothing works on a linear basis right the stock market has averaged over 11 percent over the last 50 years but the stock market's positive about 74 percent of the time over the last 50 years so it doesn't go straight up in a straight line so it it's just a baseline to say if you use a conservative rate of return and you have the proper expenses in there and you inflate your normal expenses at you know two and a half to three percent and you inflate your healthcare costs at 5%, are you going to have enough money left over? So we talked about expenses before. Some of the things that people don't put in their expenses um, is you know a new car every so often. Like I mentioned before, remodeling your home every so often, new appliances, maintenance on your home. That tends to average about 1% a year, but it comes in lumps. Uh, varying vacation timeframes, you might have a certain amount in, in your budget forever and vacation and travel, but a lot more in the first 10 years. And then healthcare costs. You got, even once you return 65 and you're on Medicare, you got Medicare part B and that cost depends on your income. Then you got co-pays and other things like that. So you're typically putting in at least $6,000 a year per person in, at age 65 in healthcare that inflates at 5%. Um, and then taxes, everybody's taxes are so different. And that's what I love about this business is everybody's very different um do you have everything in a pre-tax 401k do you have a mix of cash pre-tax 401k roth stocks that if you sell it, you pay capital gains the capital gains bracket is different than the ordinary income bracket um the ordinary income bracket though affects how much you pay in capital gains so there's a there's a lot of moving parts there rob and luckily the software calculates the taxes based on how we set up the portfolio withdrawals and so on a linear cash flow test you want to see you know here's my income from uh you know your your work from social security from pension here's your dividends and interest that are coming from your taxable accounts here's your required minimum distributions that are going to start when you're 73 to 75 years old um and here's and here's my income from you know stock options at work and things like that so there's several different columns in it and the idea is you can say, how long is my money going to last? Based on conservative rates of return, inflation, and living till 100, how long is my money going to last? And you have to make sure that you have enough money to last till age 100. Now, you, you, maybe you say, okay, I've got really bad health issues, and I'm single, and, and I'm not going to live you know, past mid-80s. But what if your spouse does? So you want to make sure that you plan you know, appropriately in terms of age.
1: Here's a quick question. How often does this whole plan get busted by a divorce? because you were just <laughs> oh you gosh. were just talking about a single and eighty and not healthy plan a little bit less maybe, but what happens if there's a divorce? i mean does it just break everything and you have to kind of start over
2: uh, well yeah i mean it's it's uh here's what happens in divorce expenses aren't cut in half right You end up with here's here's a lump sum that would have supported this household, but as soon as you split that in half you you have, you, you don't end up with just fifty percent of the expenses, right? The only yeah. thing that is cut in half is maybe how much you spend on clothes or, or something like that. So it, it busts plans quite a bit. I mean, that there's a epidemic of gray divorce, um, and part of it is people are, you know, living longer. And I mean, here's the deal: it's it's when you go into retirement and you all of a sudden you have two people at home. And especially if there's not a lot of hobbies and activities outside of the household, if you have two people that are retired that have been working, you know, 40 to 60 hours a week, um, you know, early in life, you're trying to get the kids raised, get them through college, everything else. And then you're at your height of your career. You're trying to save enough for retirement. All of a sudden, you're just sitting there. Mm -hmm. And if you have not found a way to connect or anything like that, a lot of people are just cutting ties. And, that happened a lot during COVID, it seemed like, too. Um, so transitioning into retirement is a lot harder for a lot of people um, than I think what's talked about out there.
1: And it's important that you talk to your financial planner when that does happen, because it's an important change that he's going to have to be aware of, he or she. So, Chad, where do you go with those that don't have enough and those that have plenty of leftover? Two very different Problems to have,
2: yeah. If if, if the linear cash flow model doesn't look like it's working, then then you have to run various scenarios. Um, and luckily, we can create a bunch of scenarios and toggle on and toggle off different situations in our planning software. So we can say, here's what happens if you work two years longer, three years longer. Here's what happens if you spend slightly less. Maybe it's a combination. And sometimes, Rob, maybe it's the asset allocation, right? Maybe it's somebody's investing either too conservatively. Um, because they're just super scared of market corrections, and that's affecting their outcome. So maybe it's a, a matter of showing examples of asset allocation and better portfolios. Because uh, there are some people that are just super scared of the stock market. Um, and and so it, you just have to have you know a really uh, honest conversation with people to say you aren't going to have enough to spend this amount of money. So either work longer or spend less or do a combination. Now, for people that are showing that they're going to have a lot left over, that's when we get into really detailed tax planning, where we can start saying, okay, how much money should we move each year from your IRA to your Roth once you retire at a a certain bracket, so that we can create a tax-free pool of money and really maximize what's left over in the portfolio for not only you and your spouse, but also for your kids. So that then we get into the estate planning side of things. Um so first first you got to you know do i have enough and then if you do what are some of the great planning tools that we can use to make sure that you keep more of what you've saved
1: Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2500 per month with no nightly rates taxes or fees You might call it the Suitcases Always Packed Pass or the Wait I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass the will it be the beach city mountains or all free pass or you could just call it what we call it the Inspirado Pass Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiratopass.com. We are going over the seven tests of retirement readiness, an event that's coming up in August, August 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 in Los Gatos, California, Toll House Hotel. You can sign up at the event at chadburton.com, that's chadburton.com. He has a revamped website with lots of content, lots of digestibles. Um, I call digestibles the downloadables, where you can kind of get them and try to understand a little bit more on your own. Um, We've gone over some of the tests, the linear cash flow, the test for market corrections, the tax test, the safe money or market correction test, the Monte Carlo simulation test, long-term care stress test, and the life plan test are the seven. We've gone over risk tolerance. Now, uh, have we gone over risk tolerance? No, Not yet. We've gone over the linear cash flow. Test two, risk tolerance, Chad. What do we need to know?
2: Well, let me ask you this, Rob. Does does, does negative 10% sound like that much to you?
1: Um, not at this point in my life, but no. I can imagine if your NASDAQ's at 1.5 million, my budget would be shot at 10% down.
2: Yeah, if you're not prepared, you don't have enough cash. Exactly. So, here's the biggest issue, too, is that we get a lot of people that, say, that are very aggressive investors and sometimes it's hard to even say, okay, we're 10 years out, let's start to slowly build a balanced portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can, if we have time, I'll go into more of the math of it, but when people retire and they go from feeding their 401k every two weeks out of their paycheck to now having to live off of it for 35 plus years, r- risk tolerance changes drastically at retirement. I mean, it, it's very, very different, and sometimes takes a while to kind of um, for people to get used to that idea that they have to live off of that limited resource versus feed this account that's been growing and growing for most years. So what you've got to do is equate a decline to a dollar value. So for example, if you're have if you're 65, you've got a $2 million portfolio, that should support around $80,000 a year if invested properly. So if that $2 million portfolio has a 10% drop on paper, you're going to suddenly see a $1.8 million portfolio. That's a $200,000 decline. So part of it is just equating what sounds very tame which is a negative 10% number into a dollar value that you're going to see when you open your statement right mm-hmm. and so you you've got to kind of realize how are you going to act in that situation are you going to panic and sell because let's say that you were in 2008 and the market was down you know close to 50% by the end of 2008 from October of 2007 if you would have panicked and sold out saying the economy's going to to zero and i i better get out of it's it's different this time the S&P 500 is up 557% since 2008. I mean that's that's a huge number and if you would have sold out you would have been you would lost out on all those returns. Um so what you want to make sure is that you're investing properly so that if you do have those declines which will happen every 5 to 7 years. I mean last year in 2022 was the worst year a balanced portfolio had because the bond market was down since 2008. Right? So, mm-hmm. like, like, let's say in 2008, a a balanced portfolio, 50% S&P 500, 50% stocks, would have had a loss of about 12% in 2008, and around the same in 2022. So, you know, you, you got to say that these bad times can happen every, you know, seven, ten to ten years or so. Um, if you invested very aggressively, like let's say 75% stocks, 25% bonds, that would have been a 24 and a half percent loss in 2008. At about 18% loss in 2022. But now we've recovered that, right? Already. Um, so as long as you invest properly in your risk tolerance, uh, you know, according to your risk tolerance, and which leads in kind of into the next test, you have enough dividends and interest, income, and cash to make it through those rough patches that you have enough to make it through the decline and then to the recovery then you're going to be just fine. So what we're always doing is positive outlook in the market in the long term, but always preparing for that potential downturn.
1: I always suggest people get to the events early and sit in the front because you've got really pretty graphics and graphs that you show. You sent me one that I can't quite tell what I'm looking at only because I'm not as smart as you. Not because (laughs) I'm not, not because I'm not trying but what is this the 4060 break even you're you're looking at the 3 years from 2010 to 2012 which you just talked about. I know the last 2 years we've had a bad year and a great year. I'm sure you could probably do a similar test with that in either the year ahead or the year behind, but what am I looking at in this graphic?
2: Yeah, it's just when so when you look at October of 2007 that was one of the scariest times to to enter the market. That was the top of that uh, what ended up being the credit crisis and you know financial meltdown essentially, where things were so overlevered that new rules had to be put into place. Um, so when you look at the stock market from October of two thousand seven, October first of two thousand seven, the stock market, the S P five hundred was down fifty seven percent by March 9th of two thousand nine. Wow. Um, and stocks didn't break even again, so it went from October. Uh, first 2007, it took, um, until August 12th, 2012 to break even again. Now I want to again, say we're up 557% since, you know, the end of 2008. So, um, huge returns since then, but if you were fully invested in stocks at some point during that time, you would have had to start selling when the market was down. If you were too fully invested in just equities and you would have returned you would have turned paper losses into real losses there wouldn't have been as many shares in the account left over to recover now if you have a 60 40 portfolio that would have broke even uh two years earlier november 5th 2010. so you had a period of decline from october 1st of 2007 to march of 09 but then that sixty forty portfolio, sixty percent stocks, forty percent bonds, would have broke even by November of two thousand ten. So it was that uh, three years and a month. So um, that, that's my point. That I, I mean, since you and I have been doing radio together since nineteen ninety nine, that's that's been the math. Like we have these periods of time where the market declines to, in some cases, very rare cases, three years. Yeah. But it recovers, and as long as you're not selling during that. That V shape period, yeah. Then you're gonna have you're gonna be just fine. So you just have to shelter yourself and have it's what goes into the next test, which is you know enough safe money on the sidelines and a balanced portfolio.
1: It's interesting that you bring this up because 2007, I, I don't, I forgot what I was doing, Chad. In 2000, I, I don't really remember the pain of that correction. In 2022, yeah, it, it wasn't that bad, was it? And after 2020, like what I'm trying to get at is don't get nervous and don't get panicky because I can't even remember those years at this point in time of like, what was I doing? Who was I dating? Um, how, you know, what was chat? Like, I, there's nothing coming back to my head as panic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> does that I sound right to you? Really well. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying I have old timers disease, but maybe, Um, which is another conversation for retirement planning later.
2: Yes. Yeah. You might've <laughs> failed one of the tests. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh taxes in retirement seems daunting. Is this our next test that we have to go through? The tax test?
2: Yeah, it is. And and so what we have to do in in planning is is there's different ways to to draw money on your portfolio. Um a lot of people will spend their cash first and then their taxable accounts but put off their retirement accounts as long as possible. And so now the new rule is that no matter what, starting at age 73, you have to start drawing money from your IRAs, 401Ks, 403Bs. That number over several years is going up to 75. So let's just use age 73. So what a lot of people do is they end up using all of their low tax accounts first and then ending up with only IRA money left over later in life, which again, let's go back to that budget. And we talk about having to buy a new car every so often, having to remodel a house. You know, sometimes you need to put a new roof on, um, or repaint your home. And so, if anything that's if if all of your money is that's in your cash accounts or your taxable accounts is spent in the beginning, when you go to make those large withdrawals, you might have to pull out a hundred grand to pay fifty thousand dollars to the contractor because the rest goes to, to the IRS. Right. So there's pl- proper ways to blend income. So, for example, Rob, there's two different tax brackets. There's the ordinary income bracket, which is 85% of your social security is taxable. Um, you know, pension income is taxable. Interest from your bank accounts, which is actually a thing now is, is taxable. And then there's ca- money that comes out of your IRA is, is, or 401k is taxable at the ordinary income brackets. But then. Dividends and interest from U.S. corporations, or I'm sorry, dividends from U.S. corporations. And when you sell stock or real estate that you've had for over a year or a business, that's at the capital gains bracket, which is much lower. However, your ordinary income items can push your capital gains to the higher capital gain bracket. So it's a there's a lot of moving parts now. Um, so we just have to find ways to blend the different income sources together. And then we also at the end of each year for our clients say, okay, how much is left over at this existing tax bracket that you have? Maybe you've got 20 grand left at the 22% federal bracket. Well, then we might advise you to move 20 grand from your IRA, convert it to your Roth account because there's no income limits for conversions. That's only for contributions where we might as well pay those taxes now because taxes are going up in the future. So we might as well just pay the taxes now, move the money over to a Roth and then start creating a tax free account for the future. Um, that you can start to tap when you have those big ticket items in the future. So the, a lot of tax planning goes on because um that you know the market's going to do what it's going to do. Stocks are going to, you know, average what they've had historically over the next 25 30 years and same with bonds. So where you can add a lot of value is uh keeping your taxes lower for longer. Rather than how can I keep them low this year? It's keep them lower for longer in retirement and blending those sources of income and IRA to Roth conversions. Hi, this is Chad Burton. If you have questions about retirement and investing, it's time to get some answers. My website, chadburton.com, has a ton of resources. There are downloads to help you determine how long your money will last in retirement, links to our webinars and several videos discussing everything from retirement planning to tax-efficient investing, estate planning, insurance, and even saving for your kid's college. While you're there, also check out our tax planning and estate planning services and our video explaining our online wealth management tool. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com, and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. This invaluable resource is able to show the values and allocations of all your accounts, regardless of where they're held. Information is updated each day at the end of market close, and these new numbers are fed into the financial projections we've created for our clients with the goal of constant financial clarity. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com, and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton.
1: Wrapping up today, Chad, we've gone over many of the tests of the seven tests of retirement readiness. I think we're on Monte Carlo simulation, which it sounds like we're gonna be going to James Bond land and gambling, but that's not really what it is, is it?
2: <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's um, So Monte Carlo simulations, the idea here is to deal with the order of stock market returns. Um, what that means is you could have something guaranteed at 6% and then a mutual fund that you add up 10 years worth of returns and divide it by 10 and it equals 6%, but you could have very different results. Um, it's the order of returns in which they come and, you know, sometimes you retire and it's at the beginning of a bull market and sometimes you retire and it's at the, at the, at a tough period in the market. Um, so what you can do is you have to say, okay, here's the scenarios that I've built through the linear cash flow tests, um, and then building different scenarios, like building in one of the ones we really haven't talked about is, you know, what happens if you go into a nursing home for a period of time, but as you, as you build those different scenarios, you have to assume that a portfolio is rebalanced each year to a certain risk tolerance. And then you can have the software run over a thousand different simulations right away and say, what is your success rate based on what the market's done, different you know, volatility of different asset classes, the order of market returns, high inflation, low inflation, longevity? What is your potential success rate on your situation? And as long as we get an 85% or more success rate, then I'll bless the retirement because the other 15% we can deal with with the distribution strategy that that I use, which is a certain amount of safe money and how you rebalance your portfolio each quarter. Um, But it's very important that you get that success rate because anything less than that, we got to go back to the drawing board. Again, that's work longer, spend a little less or a combination, change the asset allocation. A lot of times it's the asset allocation, Rob, because you can... When it comes to wealth management, it's 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 more about keeping up with the market in the good years and outperforming in the bad. It's not trying to outperform the stock market. That means more risk, more volatility, and that's not good when you're drawing money out of your portfolio. So Monte Carlo simulations is kind of that final, yep, yeah, we, we, we passed this test. Let's move on. Let's do this.
1: Silly question. Um, have you started seeing different results from the Monte Carlo simulation as we've moved from an incredibly low interest rate environment to a I don't want to say more normalized, but up 525 basis points from zero percent interest rate environment to basically uh, considerably higher, uh, historically more normalized. Are the results different? Because Wall Street should probably have different earnings results based on uh, the 10-year treasury and where it sits and uh, the effects it has on valuations.
2: Well, it's still about, you know, the, more about what's happened in the past. And okay. so we ha- we are really back to normal rates that we noticed prior to 2006, prior to the Great Recession. So we're, we haven't seen these rates since then. And they're likely going to, you know, if we go into a, a bit of a recession or a slowdown, they're likely going to come back down a little bit. And so we went through a period of, you know, really high rates in the 80s. And then in the 90s, rates just kind of continue to come down over time. Um, so slightly, it's really more on, you know, the linear cash flow test and what rate of return we're using now on you know, cash and, and bonds. Um, so not a lot, Rob, I mean, that's a really okay. good question though, cause it's, it's, it's not a future looking, it's more of a based on asset classes, large cap, small cap, mid cap, international real estate commodities. What are, what have prices done historically? What's the volatility, um, And, and so it's, it's more reverse looking versus forward looking, I guess you could say.
1: It's going to be an interesting next 15 years is all I'll say, and it's been a great last 15 years and the 15 years before that was entertaining as well. So we'll, we'll tackle it. I'm confident of that. Um, EP has got the tools and they got smart people like you running regional offices. Finally, let's talk about being in retirement. What do we need to know about life in retirement?
2: Well, let me ask you, Rob. So if, you, if, if radio ended today and you yes. weren't you know, doing video interviews with our portfolio strategists to communicate with clients um, and that all just ended, what would you do every day?
1: I would get a rowboat. I'd get uh, my spouse on a rowboat. She would call me an old poop. I'd hit her with it oar. I'd kill her and I'd probably go to jail. I don't know. It's the so right weird. answer. You're so weird. <laughs> on Golden Pond, you old poop.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, that's been a long time since I've seen. Uh, that's about um, the only thing as I remember as you old poop from that movie. Anyway, exactly,
1: exactly. So thank you very much. It's a great reference. Um, I really don't know. I think I'm leaning towards teaching a high school class mm-hmm. or volunteering in a high school on journalism and potentially podcasting. Um, I don't think I'll have grandkids for 10, 15 years, which kind of puts me close to my death age. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's gonna be a grandkids thing. I'm not a church kind of guy. Um, not a dog rescue kind of guy. I, I think the answer is I really need to work on this one, Chad.
2: Okay. Well, what about, what about health? What are you doing now for your health and fitness? And what would you do in retirement that would be different?
1: Um, I'm doing a light three mile run. I mean, really slow, like, um, children on tricycles pass me. Um, uh daily. So I, I'm doing a little bit, but I don't have a really good answer on that, other than to keep moving at least three miles a day for the rest of my life.
2: Well, yeah, and and studies show that if you do multiple stuff you gotta lift weights for your your bone density. So people that you know bike and play a racket sport um and lift weights and do some cardio are, are much more healthy than just cardio, which raises cortisol levels. So there's just different things like that that you got to think about that what what I saw early in my career is that people in their 70s were spending so much time at the doctor dealing with health issues. What's the point of saving all this money if you're going to be unhealthy and not being able to do anything in retirement? So prior to retirement, that's what I think people should focus on is, okay, first thing you do, get out of bed, get your exercise in, and then feel out, how are you going to fulfill yourself, your day, your sense of being after that? For me personally, it's made it so that I know I'm going to be able to work longer, but physically the stuff that I like to do, skiing, snowboarding, wake surfing, traveling that I didn't do as I was building a business, I want to do more of that now because mentally I'll be okay and um, be able to work and mentor others later in life. So it's just thinking about those things and what you're going to do, um, but really focusing on health and fitness because I can't stress how much it it affected me starting at age 19 in this business with my grandfather, and his clients were older than him, and watching them deal mostly with health issues rather than enjoy retirement.
1: For the record, I'm not really going to hit my spouse with an oar, <laughs> just in case the police are listening. The seven tests of retirement readiness. This is going to be an exciting event. It's going to be Thursday, August 24th, 630 to 830 at the Toll House Hotel in San, uh, in Los Gatos, California, on Santa Cruz Avenue. Um, How do you know if you're ready to retire? Chad's going to go over it. This is ideal for people with at least 500,000 investable assets. If you want to pass the seven tests of retirement right now, it's a good chance to really learn a lot. Taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. Chad's put together an all-new event. We're looking forward to it, Chad. People can sign up either at robblackshow.com. Under events or under chadburton.com. It's on the first page, but you kind of got to look for it. Any last thoughts from you, Mr. Burton? Uh,
2: no, I think I think that's it. I mean you start thinking about these things, start, you know getting a gauge of your expenses and a gauge of what you would do to feel happy in retirement.
1: As always, it's infotaining and it's a hell of a lot of good information. Thanks, Chad. People can find you at Chadburton.com. That's Chadburton.com.